Post podcast. I am Erin Pym. I am an erotica writer as well as the producer of a monthly stage show called Bed Post, which is a sex and sexuality variety show of sorts. This is the Bed Post podcast, and here we take guests and performers from our live stage show and bring them in here to continue the conversation with the theme being sex positivity. And tonight we have Mrs. Caitlin Kohani. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Welcome. Thank you. Thank yeah. you for having me. You're welcome. Now, you are married. I am. That correct? That's yeah. correct. But you go by Kohani. That's right. Yep. Yeah. For all your kind of professional endeavors and whatnot? Yes. Um, yep. I was using Kohani. I mean, I was writing under Kohani. Because Previously. Because mar- your name. Maiden name. Yeah. Because yes. it was my only name. Yes. Um, and then when I got married, I decided just to keep rolling with that so I use as many people do yeah so I use my husband's last name um sort of socially which is what uh Sinoskis, and then Fair I use Kohani as uh my professional name so really? yeah and by profession we're mm-hmm. talking about writing we are yes, yes fantastic yeah a uh, Caitlin writes an article or two different articles as far as I understand mm-hmm. for Torontoist yep so one is job related yes so I do a monthly interview series called I want your job yeah um so I talk to people in the GTA with interesting professions. Very cool. Um, Ranging from what to what? Oh, man. I have talked to so many different people. I've talked to um, a l- master Lego builder. I've talked to... Wow. A, yeah. <laughs> that was my very first one, and I feel like that was like a really nice way to start. Um, <laughs> I've talked to a female cobbler. I've talked to an animal chiropractor. My next one is going to be with the, the woman who designs the exhibitions at the Ontario Science Center. Oh, fun. So it's just like this huge gamut of people. And- um, do you truly want their jobs when you hear about them? Often I do. Yeah. Often I do. I, I actually left my my full-time job in March of this year. Yes. Which and it, was doing what? I was like office administration. Okay. Um, and part of the reason I left that was because I kept having these conversations with people who were like, I love my job. It's so interesting. The community. The, and I was like... Oh, I don't love my job. <laughs> I don't feel that way. Yeah, so it was, I mean, it was a really nice catalyst to have all these conversations with these people who were really passionate and interested in what they were doing and realizing mm-hmm. that that wasn't something that I had and needing that I, to make a shift. So, awesome. yeah. And the other column, mm-hmm. more interesting to yeah. perhaps our listeners. More relevant to this. Yes, yeah. is? Uh, sexist. Is so, sexist. Yeah, so that's been an ongoing feature series, also once a month. And that's been looking at different kind of sex and sexuality topics around the GTA. So, it's, so for example? So it started with the Feminist Porn Awards, um, mm-hmm. kind of looking at that, the 10-year anniversary, um, some of the controversies that came up this year around, like, different sponsors, different promoters, that kind of thing. Um, mm. What Can you tell me a little more about that, just while you're oh, bringing just, it up? I mean, just some of the performers had been kind of flagged for maybe not wanting to work with like trans performers for example um and the trans community being understandably you know up 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 in arms well yeah pissed about that um and then like it it was back in april so it's kind of foggy it's like lost in the sands of time um (laughs) But, I mean, it was also a celebratory column, just sort of looking at, like, 10 years and, like, you know, when you celebrate porn, what does that look like? And that kind of thing. Um, So some of my other columns have been around Deliciously Disabled, for example, which is a Toronto-based... And they do the playground... Uh, they were involved. They're yeah. involved in that. Yeah. Right. So, um, but they're they're kind of their own thing. And they had um, like a fully accessible orgy earlier yeah. in the summer, which was really cool to talk to them about and just sort of see uh, what considerations they were looking at in terms of, you know, setting up the space, having it be a safe space, having it be an accessible, accessible. space. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. um, 
So talking to them, um, my uh, my friend who is a paraplegic has okay. has attended a few of deliciously disabled oh, events. Nice. He did okay. a cons- went to a conference very recently actually, okay. and was very inspired. Yeah, and so he is going to um, we're going to figure out a way for him to do my show because cool. our space is not accessible. Right. Yeah. So I'm thinking. Yeah. yeah, we have some steps. So I'm thinking kind of maybe a Skype interview, totally something like yeah. that, uh, so he can be a part of the live show, mm-hmm. and then I will most definitely do a podcast with him in nice. which because it's very portable I yeah. can go to his place right yeah to do the podcast and then also mm-hmm. he's interesting in doing a storytelling night mm-hmm. just all stories um, uh, with disabled people um, in the theme being sex and sexuality I love that very yeah. particularly he wants to talk about masturbation oh cool yeah, yeah. which is which is totally awesome so yeah. I'm very interested and yeah. excited to talk to his name's John um, about all of that, mm-hmm. which is awesome. Yeah, I read a really good book maybe maybe a year or two ago, sort of around like sex and disability. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I hadn't considered before I read that book was, you know, for people with mobility issues, they may not be able to sort of touch themselves in a pleasurable way. And yeah. sort of are there workarounds, are there devices like, you know, a vibrator or whatever. Yeah, what's out there. You know? Yeah. And it was just, I was like, oh, I Different people's stories. About that. Yeah. Different, yeah, just because disability, there's a whole, yeah. whole wide, wide a gamut, spectrum. wide spectrum yeah. for so. physical dis- disability. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I saw you talk to a sex therapist at mm. one point. Did, does she call herself that? She does, yeah. Yep, she yep. is. She is a um, sex and relationship. Yeah, counseling, exactly. Really, she right? does. She does kind of both. So she works in relationships, um, often around sort of sexuality-based dysfunction. So one yes. partner's sex drive is higher than the other. One partner is having an affair. That kind of thing. Um, yep. But she will also work on the like emotional component of someone who is in like physical therapy for a sex-related yeah, thing. Yeah. So like. Um, women with pelvic floor injuries after childbirth, you yes. know, working with them to say like, is this normal? How are you feeling about this work? And, and referring them to like physical Working therapists. inside out yeah. as well. Yeah. I made a joke with her where I was like, you could have like the physical therapist down at like the end and she's up at the head and you could combine the... And you come together in yeah, the middle. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, she was like, we don't really do it that way. <laughs> okay, yeah, never mind. Fair. <laughs> I um To show how little I know about it, yeah. I, I wrote this story about a sex therapist. Okay. But like, it's more of like this fantasy job that I made right. up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where this girl, she, she hated porn and mm-hmm. she had broken up with her boyfriend because he watches porn. Right. And he wouldn't stop. And I found it on his computer and I broke up with him. But then she, you know, felt some remorse about that. And okay. was like, maybe I have, you know, maybe there's a hang-up I have to deal with there. Right. So she saw an ad in a paper about the <laughs> sex therapist. Okay. Um, dealing with, yeah, sex hang-ups and anxieties right. and fears and roadblocks and stuff like yeah. this. So he kind of, like, heals her with sex. Mm. <laughs> like, they watch porn together. Right. And he gives her pleasurable sensations right. while they're watching pornography. <laughs> yeah. Sure. <laughs> That's awesome. Because I also like stories where there's like a power dynamic. Right. Specifically for some reason where it's like a professional doing their job and they're not getting really any pleasure out right. of it. But the the receiver is. Right. And like there's some trepidation. It's like. Is this it's, okay? Yeah. 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 <laughs> like, but it feels so good. <laughs> I trust them because they're a professional. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> for some reason, I really love that dynamic. That's, so, that's great. Yeah. That's a good one to explore. Speaking about erotica, mm-hmm. you also write a bit of erotica. I do. Yeah. At I, least one story. At least you one write story. Show. Yeah. Um, I, I've written a few stories um, and they've kind of ended up in different places. I wrote a story that was in it was like actually a really cool like local magazine that ran for like two or three issues and so they were looking for like kind of a variety of sexuality writing. So they had articles on sort of like a bunch of different like nonfiction articles like more like journalistically driven stuff and then they had a few like comics and then they had some fiction and I was in the fiction kind of thing it was about like a house sitter who goes looking for her friend's like special toys as Ooh. she's house sitting oh, so, she's going in the bedroom drawers yeah she's like looking for bedside porn table on the dvd shelves oh. and I, as i was writing it i was like nobody has porn dvds like, <laughs> with suspension of yeah belief. exactly it's I was fiction. Like, okay um i have a story that's kind of that's similar only it's like she's 
it's a B and E. Like yeah. she, she's kind of a peeper, right? And she uh, is watching this neighbor, the sexy neighbor, and they she sees them having sex through the window. So okay. once she breaks into their house oh. and is like similarly yeah. looking for some erotic materials mm-hmm. or whatever, and then they come in and she hides in the closet. And then they have sex, like right there, right in the yeah. front of her in the on the bed. Like, Amazing, and she, and, and she gets to watch. Yeah, so. yeah. The way I kind of structured <laughs> it was like, like as this woman is like looking through the apartment, she's like having all these different fantasies about like the couple and like joining in and like uh, what that looks like. And I was kind of like, oh, like I was actually really proud of the way it was structured, like nice. literally speaking. But, yes, yeah, because um, you are a real writer I'm, at heart. Well. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> if you want to, yeah. you want to call if, me that. If you want to call me that. Um, but yeah, and so, and then um, the story that I read at Bedpost was yes. one that I had written for a blog in San Francisco. Hmm. Um, so, and it just sort of like went up, and it was there, and they they had like an erotica section, and that was. And this one was a student teacher. That was a student teacher dynamic. Right. Yes. yes. Also in a writing class. So what? yeah, very meta. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Break that fourth wall. Yeah, for sure. Um, but that was fun to write, just because it was kind of like silly and it's fun a fun and fantasy. Sexy. The yeah. student teacher fantasy. Totally. You know, it was adult education. I just want that out on the airwaves. <laughs> it wasn't like anything. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, like <laughs> that would rock a PG thirteen kids world. Two like, consenting adults. Two consenting adults. But two consenting women. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> do you write? Um, I know you haven't written tons and tons of erotica, mm-hmm. but have you written like hetero, like female, female? What do you generally? When I write erotica, it's often more just sort of like fantasy based. So yeah. it, it, it's not like exploring a particular orientation, gender, or, or sort like of that. combination. Usually, I do. I I think when I was writing that. I mean, it was funny when you were when you introduced me at Bedpost. Yeah. You were like lesbian fiction, and I was like, I had never thought of it like that. But like, <laughs> it's a scene it's not between, lesbian. Well, it is lesbian. I was kind of like, oh yeah, it's a scene between two women. I could see how you would get that impression. Call that, yes. call that lesbian. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but uh, in my head, I was like, oh, it's just like these two characters, and they're like having right. you know this interaction. And so I didn't, right. I didn't frame it like that in, when I wrote it. Because your orientation is. I'm kind of just interested. Like, I'm married to a man. Um, I'm interested. I'm interested. <laughs> if anyone wants to give yeah. me a call, I'm interested. But, I mean, I've, I've had female partners in the past, and yeah. we've played with other couples who are both women, and so, I mean, yeah. it's... Um, I think they call that trisexual. I'll yeah, try I'll anything. Try anything <laughs> yeah. um, so maybe hetero-flexible? Hetero-flexible is a good one. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like... By curious, but it's one of those things where, like, I did a lot of thinking about this over about the last an identity. Yeah, and yeah. it was it was kind of like nothing, not, like hetero, nothing fit. Yeah, well, heteroflexible seems very like heteronormative, for lack of a better word. And mm-hmm. by curious, just seems like I'm a tourist. And yeah, so, and then, you know, and you have had experience. Yes, you so. know. Um, but my like my primary and for the most part only partner is, has been. Yeah. A man. Yeah, as a straight man. man. Yeah, exactly. That's interesting, so. yeah, because um, Bisexual Day was like in September, mm-hmm. so I listened to a lot of different uh, podcasts and some articles on that, because I, I do label myself as bi. Right, yeah. Um, and just, you know, they talked about just how you're saying how even, how there's a huge spectrum, mm-hmm. and but even in the bi orientation, there's right. a huge spectrum, yeah. uh, and how... I was listening to Dan Savage. I mm-hmm. love him. Um, and just how he encourages uh, people to recognize the fact that, you know, a lot of bisexuality is a little lopsided, as right. he put it. Yeah. So, you know, bi doesn't have to mean that you have you have equal interest, uh, both romantically and sexually and right. intellectually with both sexes. Right. And that you have had equal experiences with right. both sexes. Yeah, and you split your sections, time equally. Sexes, yeah. split your time yeah. equally. You have a girlfriend and a boyfriend mm-hmm. or, or, like, you know, all these kind of bizarre, unrealistic I think expectations. For, yeah, and for some bisexuals, that is their lived experience, and for some people, yeah. it's it's not. Yeah, he, he was trying to say that he, for his opinion, mm-hmm. uh, felt that most bisexuals were not like right. that at all. Right. And um, I find myself to be probably more hetero amorous, let's say. So yeah. I've had relationships with mostly men, yeah. but I've had I've had 
encounters, sexual encounters mm-hmm. with women. Yeah, and, and that's I, been my experience as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know, I still identify with bi, even though mm. I've had much more experience with men and usually only partner with men. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, even though it's a little lopsided like that and it's different for everyone, mm-hmm. the, the, the bi yeah. can still be an accurate label for it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and it's funny because it's like you sort of get into questions of, like, bisexuality and monogamy and you're like do you have to pick a side yes. you know like yeah, yeah, yeah. if you date a man for five years are you expected to date a woman for five years yeah like, you know and and like I think that's kind of silly yeah but, like just yeah know. for me I've been dating Matt I'm we yeah. say bisexual, but I've been dating Matt for four years right. almost now. So does that make me less bisexual? Right. You does know, that, does it fade over time? <laughs> yeah, does yeah. I give back or is my it like pin? a fine line? Yeah. Does yeah. Do I give out my pin? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do I forfeit my badge <laughs> and then get it back later when yeah. I have a bisexual experience? Right. You know, like you've got like the the brownie sash <laughs> yeah, or whatever, yeah. where you're like yeah. all the different yeah. badges. P- yeah. Pussy yeah. licking is one. <laughs> yeah. Making out in front of straight dudes. Yeah. <laughs> All the gamut. <laughs> yeah. So, I got that one unlocked. Yeah, yeah, locked down. <laughs> so, speaking of Torontoist, I hear mm-hmm. that uh, it's going to be changing to a new format. Yes. So, Tell me um, about that. Sure, yeah. So, we're going from a feature format, which was sort of like a multi-interview, research-heavy, like, multiple thousand word thing. Yeah, like articles. Articles, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, which turned out to be really labor-intensive. Um, and, like, not difficult, like, challenging in a great way, but, you know, time-consuming. Um, and we're going to sort of pivot a little bit for the new year and mm-hmm. do sex advice. So we're currently looking for questions. Um, People should definitely get in touch if they have questions for me. Um, So you will be answering. I will be answering. You're a Dan Savage. Oh, my God. Yeah, I think my editor was like, you know, I think you might be like the only person in Toronto who's doing this. Yes. Right now. I was thinking that recently, yeah. too, because yeah. um, Dan Savage always says that the only thing that qualifies one to give advice is that somebody asks them for it. Exactly. So. <laughs> it's in the dictionary. It is an, an <laughs> opinion about what you think they should do or what you think should happen. So everyone got, like, has one of those. Yeah, I got boatloads of opinions. You got boatloads? <laughs> so my background a little bit is... I've, I've been writing about sex for years, you yeah. know, um, in like different venues, you know, erotica and yeah. sex journalism and, you know, doing Q&As with different experts and things like that. Yeah. So I feel like anything that I can't tackle, yeah. I ha- I have someone close by that I can Resources. be like, com- like, can you Do you help think me? you'll have someone guest on the show to answer, like, welcoming to the show to field this question with me? Is oh, like a, like a guest, like, answerer? Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think at some point, like, you know, for example, like, if someone asks me a question about, like, polyamory. Right. Um... I, I don't have any lived experience with polyamory. I certainly have done a I'm sure lot you've of read about it and research talked to and people writing. about it. Exactly. But if, if someone was like, I want to know about someone's like... Something very specific and exactly. experience, have you... Yeah. Um, I have people who, who do that, you know, and yeah. so I can bring them in and say, hey, tell me about this, this particular issue. Yeah. You know, and so, yeah. So right now, like, I think the door is basically wide open for any kind of sex question. Mm-hmm. Um mechanical yeah uh, you know health related um or relationship advice. relationship advice how to navigate a particularly tricky conversation how to like open and close relationships how yep. to you know broach the topic of toys or or whatever you know and and yeah. i mean having done like a lot of that kind of stuff firsthand like I wrote for a blog called XOXO more for like a couple years and did mm-hmm. a lot of toy reviews and oh, did yeah? a lot of like date nights and did a lot of like oh, you fun. know so I've got a pretty good handle on like what that might look like for someone else or, yeah. or what direction they should at least be looking in so awesome. I'm I'm super jazzed I we want to like launch it basically ASAP yeah um, so right in like, the new year yeah exactly yeah. yeah so send some questions and Yay. and we'll get all the information yeah. about that at the end of the podcast yeah we we'll give you giving your links either. and everyone yeah. can ask you everything yeah. they want to know yes uh, yeah. I, I want to talk about very briefly mm-hmm. the XOXO that yeah. you talked about toy reviews yeah so 
do you or did the producer of the that magazine or publication con- they contact suppliers and they send you some things? That would you be did? me. Yeah. yeah. So I had like a couple different approaches. Um, the blog was sponsored by Seduction, the big store on Young. I'm right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, my my sex expert uh, that I use almost okay. every month is okay. from Seduction. Oh, so perfect. I know so, them very intimately. Very well. Yeah. So they a couple. I think it was back in like 2011 or 2012. Um, I had a friend who was working there. Mm-hmm. And she was a writer, and so she approached her her manager and said, "Hey, I want to start this blog. We can like use some seduction stuff in there, but we I really want to make it like GTA General, you yeah. know, like not like another sort of like trumpet for the store." Right. And he was open to it, so right. like more. Power I wonder if to you that. were talking to Richard Como. No, no, okay, no. That was, was so funny. Yeah, he's this expert I use, and he's been there like seven years. He would as know. A he would probably know everybody that yeah. was involved. But cool. no, it was a woman named Erica um, mm-hmm. who's gone on to do like really interesting things on like YouTube, and like she's a gamer. And so anyway, cool. Um, yeah, so, so I knew her through friends, and I saw her at a Christmas party, and I had a couple drinks and I was like, I want to write for your blog. And she was like, okay. <laughs> so, um, the first thing I did was like a, a kind of like three part comparison of like different bullet vibes. Yes. You know, so it was kind of like this one sucks yeah. and this one's amazing. And yeah. these are some that if you want to just like get off, you can do that. Yeah. Um, they're good for, yeah, they're different for everyone and yeah. they're good for different things. They're good for different things. Um, yeah. And so that was through seduction, but then cool. as I, I kind of, like, branched out, like, there were there were things that I wanted to talk about that they didn't carry. So, for example, there was, um, like, a wooden dildo mm-hmm. maker. And so I, like, wrote to them and I was like, hey, like, these are my toy reviews that I've done in the past. I really yeah. want to talk about your product. You're independent. You're, I think they were in Ontario. I think they were Canadian, if not That's that. That's so funny. Yeah. Uh, on the last podcast, Richard was saying that he is trying to get a supplier that carries the wooden dildos because they do not carry them. Yeah. And that he is trying to, you know. And he, they're amazing. He wants to get on the ordering that takes care of that because he yeah. wants to get these wooden dildos yeah. from this one company. Yeah. Yeah. And they're they're gorgeous. In the like, store. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're like beautiful works of art. They're yeah. so fun to use yeah. is the other thing. Like, they're beautifully designed as sex objects. Like, I honestly couldn't say... What about know. them makes them so... Oh, man, they're just, like... I've never used one. I highly recommend. Yeah. yeah. So it's, like, I'm very smooth finish. Yeah, they're, like, super smooth. Lightweight. Well, I they've got some heft to them. Oh, yeah? Definitely, yeah. Um, but they're just, like, they're beautifully balanced. They're obviously balanced. designed for, like the the use and function you know what I mean so I had one that was kind of like an S shape yeah and there was more of like a dildo end and more of sort of an end that looked like anal beads I guess but yeah. like you know both were beautiful and so like multi-purpose multifunctional like aesthetically pleasing aesthetically pleasing and then the other thing about it is like everyone's always like but it's wood like are you gonna get splinters and it's it's kind of like no because they're it's like glass it's you know as what I mean? smooth it's so as glass finished. Yeah. yeah because when I have to tell you when I mm-hmm. first heard wooden I was like oh no you're but not it's like not, diddling yourself it is with like, like an Ikea like <laughs> particle board you know, yeah like, this is some high quality yeah, material that is, has been carefully meticulously yes, finished exactly and yeah so it's like a smooth glass yeah it's gorgeous so mm-hmm. you know so having the opportunity to like both talk about those kinds of toys and try and them out try them out and also then expose readers to them yeah was just like such a great opportunity so yeah. and and like you know same goes for things like date nights like we would do these things where it's like if you're out in the annex if you're out in the junction if you're out you know, and you only have $20 in your pocket, here's some things that you can do that are romantic and sexy and fun. You can do them, like, you know, with a partner that you've been with for five years or 10 years or two weeks, like, yeah. you know, and, and doing that kind of thing was also great just because it got me thinking about, like, different parts of town. I did also, like, a Sex 101 um, series for them. So it was kind of like, what is kink? What is consent? What is, you Just know, the bare basics, dating though. with kids, like, you know, sex and disability. Um, and then the other thing I did for them, I did a lot. <laughs> this is all for XOX. Yeah. All for XOXO. Wow, so cool. I wrote for them for like a couple years. Cool. Um, and I did comic book reviews and graphic novel reviews. 
around like because there's tons erotic comedy yeah, erotic graphic totally. novel. Yeah, yeah yeah and awesome. I have to shout out the beguiling because they were great at like you know providing me with titles beguiling the beguiling the beguiling yeah, yeah. their comic book store on Markham like yeah. close to Honest Ed's and they're wonderful um, awesome yeah and so I was I was looking at sort of erotic comics I love erotic comics yeah I but say. I mean so like it started off with um Alison Bechdel's Are You My Mother? Yeah. Because I was like, I, I wrote to the publisher and, and they like never wrote back and I was just kind of like, okay. And, and I think at that point it had been out for like a year. Mm-hmm. And so they weren't like, you know, doing review copies or anything like that. Right. Um, but they, I, so I wrote to the publisher, they didn't ever write back. And then I got in touch with The Beguiling and I was like, could, could you just like lend me a copy of this so mm-hmm. that I could like review it and then I'll give it back? Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, we don't really do that but okay (laughs) but we will this time (laughs) so like once a month I would go in and like trade in and get something new and so I was looking at titles from Japan like tons of weird shit from hentai crazy hentai yeah lots of of gay stuff from Japan like just like stuff where I'm like I am not the target audience on this (laughs) (laughs) but you know and and then a lot of comics around like sexual identity you know there was this great um, anthology that came out about bi identity. Cool. You know, and so like different comic book artists and writers like talking about what it meant for them to be bi and how they lived that lifestyle or didn't or felt about it or whatever. I should read that. It was really good. Yeah, <laughs> I was just kind of like, oh, this is really interesting. And like talking about like, you know, the male experience and the female experience and, and just yeah. all these different things. And so that was also great because that provided me with some sort of like, I have an English degree, damn it. Like, Let I'm going to read. read it. Yeah, so, um, so that was just, great. And then... Just give me a reason. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I've got a lot of different things that I've done with, like, sex journalism. Yeah. So, um, yeah, doing an advice column is something that I'm really excited about. It's kind of like the final frontier for me. I'm just like... <gasps> Oh, I've been amazing. like, like looking at that, being like, maybe one day, maybe, I could, maybe, like, maybe, yeah. And then my editor was like, "Do you want to do this?" And I was like, "I do. I really, really do. <laughs> I really, really do." Okay, so, amazing, yeah. great. Let's take a very quick break, sure. and then we're going to come back um, and talk to you about. Uh, I can't help but notice you're pregnant. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> <laughs> And I would love to talk to you about that. Sure. We'll be back with Caitlin Kohani in a moment. All right. I'm going to talk about the Social Capital Theater for a minute because I love the space, the owners, and the staff. And I spend a good deal of time there between seeing hilarious comedy shows on a very regular basis and producing my own monthly erotica show there, Bedpost. They have two newly renovated stage spaces, multiple rehearsal rooms, and of course, a bar. Check out what's happening at the Social Capital Theatre, including their rentals, classes, and the multiple shows they stage every single night at SoCap.ca. Okay, and welcome back. It is Erin Pym, and I'm here with Caitlin Kohani. Hi. Hello, welcome, welcome. So what I want to talk about is pregnancy. Yeah. This is your first <laughs> yes, pregnancy, right? This is my first pregnancy. Really? Yeah. How far along are you? I am seven and a half months pregnant. You're getting there. Yeah, I'm like real close. You're getting there. <laughs> so I'll take you back to the it's very beginning. Yeah. My husband and I had a conversation basically in January mm-hmm. saying, let's try. Mm-hmm. So um, we said... We'll start trying in April. Um, that's, like, kind of a few months into the future. We can, like, you know, work on some of the stuff in our relationship. We can kind of work on some of the stuff in our professional lives. Mm-hmm. It seemed, like, kind of far enough away that it might never actually come. Okay. And then April came, and we were like, all right, it's baby-making time, I guess. Yeah. Um, so why did you choose April? Just to get all that stuff? Yeah, just to kind of on- to have a time where... We knew that it was coming. And Just we to had, mentally, like, a date. Okay. yeah. Um, but we weren't doing it yet. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it wasn't like we woke up one day and we were just like let's make a baby it was right. like let's give a few months of thought yeah. and preparation yeah, into exactly even though from when you start trying it'll yeah. still take however long it potentially took like a month it took, it took no time at no, all it, we got pregnant on the first try 
Really? Yeah. Okay, so you said we're going to try. So we're going to try. Okay, wait, um, whoop! Yeah. Did you, do you remember the sex that conceived yeah. your baby? Oh, yeah. Too? We had some, like... What was it? Oh, man. So we'd had, like, a week. So... <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we had had... What I had read in the Taking Charge of Your Fertility book okay. was that you, like, many women are like, just fuck me every day. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is, like, not maybe the best plan. So okay. we were going on an every other day Basically, thing. Yeah. Schedule. Schedule. Um, and do you know that scene in The Big Lebowski where, like, Maude <laughs> is trying to conceive and she's doing this, like, weird baby <laughs> yoga. She's got her, like, knees up to her chest and she's rolling around and the dude is like, what are you doing? And she's like, it's the best position for conception. And yeah. he, like, spits out his white rush and he's like what are you talking about that was like us <laughs> like that was you yeah i was like doing the baby yoga and yeah. like stuff um and we were having like good sex yeah for like that week and then we got to the weekend and we were just kind of like <sighs> let's take a break no like let's fuck for real like, oh! like let's let's like like take the baby making sex yeah this pressure of, of the yeah. schedule yeah and so we spent a really great afternoon Just like having in bed making love yeah like oh it got it got dirtier than making love but it was <laughs> it was kind of like the first time in the like in that sexual cycle where we had let ourselves play and take pleasure and it wasn't like are you coming am I coming you know like you know and it was super hot and it was super fun and I'm pretty sure that was that was it so what so what was what wasn't so vanilla about it Oh, I mean, he, like, tied me to the bed. And oh, was, yeah? You know, it was, I mean, it was, like, this kid is going to be like, oh, God, no. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. Jesus. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, it was, it was, like, it was the kind of sex that we wanted to have. Oh. You know what I mean? Rather than the kind of sex that we felt we you should, should be, be having, having in order to make a baby. Yeah, baby. exactly. Right. Okay. So, so, yeah, so that was great. So, yeah, this hot, great sex. We had this hot, great sex. And then when did you realize? Um... So about three weeks later. So I, I missed my period and um, we waited a week after that just yeah. to kind of be like, well, maybe it's the stress of like trying. Maybe it's, I don't know. But I took a pregnancy test at like 730 in the morning, like before he left for work. Yeah. And he was the first How one. How late were you? I was a week late. Okay. Yeah. So 730 um, in the morning, but I took yeah. it for work. And so he was like, Yep. Bye. And I was like, okay, so I guess that's happening. Like, and it wasn't like, yep, bye, but it was like, I have to go to work now. Like, yeah. you know, so. No time for this. No time for moment. this. And I was like, I wanted, I want to do this in the morning. Like, I don't know why I couldn't wait longer. Right. I was just, it felt Aren't like. are you supposed to do it in the morning too? I think so. Yeah. First you're supposed to kind of like use your morning pee. So, yeah. 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 Um, and then, so when you both got home from work, did you kind of, had you taken it in in the day? It was kind of one of those things where I was like, holy Jesus, really? Like, <laughs> and it took a long time to sink in. Like, yeah. it took a really, like, multiple months for really? me to be like, Did you have to, like, wow. show for you to kind of finally understand like it's okay so like i am neurotic um so like i have had like three stages of pregnancy which has been um i'm gonna have a miscarriage yeah i was gonna say like emotional stages yeah yeah that was my first trimester you're gonna and then then the second trimester when before the baby really starts moving was the baby is dead inside um and then the third trimester has been all like you're going to go into premature labor. So like oh, that's just worrying. Anxiety. Yeah. It's just worry and anxiety. I mean, it's been there. It's, it hasn't been an easy pregnancy, just like emotionally, physically, like some stuff has come up. Um, yeah. anything specific that you wanted to, Oh, I mean, or? so we moved in September, oh, like gee. we moved houses. And so in doing that, I like threw my back out oh. and I was already kind of carrying an extra, like, 15 pounds at that point. Yeah. It was all in the front. Everyone who showed up was like, stop schlepping. Stop stuff. Yeah, and I was just like, I can't not. Yeah. And I paid for it for like a month. Oh, no. You know? Um, and it was just like a, an emotional time as well. Like, we felt ready, but it's also still like a oh, huge sure. adjustment. Oh, sure. A huge stress. Yeah, for sure. Regardless of yeah. how badly you wanted oh, and yeah, yeah, excited yeah. for it or not. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's a life change. Yeah. And, and change is hard and change is, change stressful. is stressful. And there's also kind of like a guilt that I think goes with 
like feeling stressed out around pregnancy changes because sure. you're like it's supposed to be this magical time and everybody wants a baby and I it is a magical time and I do want a baby but also that doesn't negate the fact that it's an incredibly difficult Stressful experience and difficult yeah. so yeah. Yeah, um, so this is your, like, heartwarming, uplifting section of the podcast. No, 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 that, that's great. good you know? to talk about because I think a lot of, clearly I haven't had the experience myself, right. but I've read a lot about even just, like, postpartum and mm-hmm. stuff like that, depression during pregnancy, just how women don't talk about it and yeah. how difficult it is. Like, my friend, um, I hadn't seen her in a long time, uh, but she had had a baby's maybe one now and she's like nobody told me what a huge strain it would have on our relationship between right. her and her partner yeah. and she's like we hated each other <laughs> she's like and even when you had the baby yeah. and like like even a year after we had the baby she's like we there were times where i just hated him mm. and like you know they they don't nobody talks about right you know just there's not a talk, lot of talk about it just in general about the negative parts of it to prepare right. you and to yeah and she's like we just expected to be perfect and and yeah and she's <laughs> give her like, my number we can chat yeah i know for sure i mean and i will say that my husband has been like a rock star yeah. like he's been supportive like crazy he has been taking care of me like I had maybe like three weeks where I just would not stop crying and he would be like what can I get you what can I do for you I'm just gonna hold you like you know everything and that was just stress or it was stress and hormones it was it was just kind of like what is happening and and he's been great like honestly like being pregnant and being such a disaster (laughs) and having him love me through that is a huge validation well (laughs) I mean it's just like I, when we got engaged, we were only engaged for five months, and our mantra oh, yeah. was like, "If we can do this, we can do anything." And now I feel like I'm like, if he, if he can handle <laughs> me in this, he can handle me in any point. And if if he can keep loving me, I'm just that. It's such a Jesus. I couldn't have done it. I couldn't have done any of this like without him. Like, How long have you been married? We've been married um, just over a year. Just got, over a year yeah. and f- only five months engagement. Yeah. How so, long did you know each other prior to there? Um, so we met at the beginning of 2010. We started dating okay. at the end of 2010. So we've okay. been, so we've been had, together a long time. Yeah, we've been together for like years. Like, But once you made the decision yeah. to get married, it pretty much happened. Yeah, it was basically like, well, we could do this in two years or we could do this in the fall. So why yeah. don't we just do it in the fall? Why don't we and just then we plan can plan for it. Yeah. And, and, yeah. So, yeah, so which was a, a good decision for us. And it was kind of the same with kids. Like, I knew that I wanted to have kids sooner. Like, I didn't want to be like, 38 and trying to conceive. How old are you? I'm, I just turned 32. Just turned 32. <laughs> yeah, I'm 32 so, as well. Yeah. yeah. How are you feeling now at seven and a half months? I am like fully ready to not be pregnant anymore. Yeah, you're done with um, it. <laughs> but I'm also not totally sure I'm ready to actually give have birth or baby. have a baby. Yeah. Have you um, put any thought into the birth? Like, is it going to be a hospital birth or a home birth? Yeah. Or? So we, I have a midwife. Yes. Um, yep. I've been getting really good care at the Midwives Collective of Toronto. Um, Great. And when so I so what do they do for you pre um, birth? They what, what do everything. Doing? They're they're like my primary caregiver through the pregnancy. So yeah. So what um, what are the specifically the types of things they do for so you? So they would or your midwife specifically yeah, does so for you. Yeah. So what they would do um for example, they like at the very beginning of a, a pregnancy they would be like, "Yep, you're pregnant." Like that's for sure a thing that's happening <laughs> to you. Um and then they're also the people that like when I go and get ultrasounds, they get mm-hmm. the results and they look at them. Mm. Um they would do things like testing for like gestational diabetes mm-hmm. um every time i go in they kind of do like a fair amount of mental like emotional care as well mm-hmm. so it's like how are you feeling yeah, a bit of therapy um, happening there well i mean it's it's definitely or just check-ins yeah more like more hand-holding than i would say like an OBGYN does okay. so just support um, yeah like and i like in the fall I was like I cannot handle this and so they they like referred me to a prenatal psychiatrist and like followed up with that so it was it was really like 
I've gotten like pretty comprehensive care from them, which has been awesome. Um, and is that always um, one midwife you deal with, one specific? Man, person I seem to have be... like seven midwives. You've got a bunch. Yeah. <laughs> so I have, I have like my a... like main midwife, yeah. and then she's got a student. Yeah. And then my main midwife has um, a buddy. Yeah. So if my like if for what like if my main woman isn't is not available, available, the buddy would step, step in. in. And then there's also like a backup midwife or sort of like a secondary midwife <laughs> who attends the birth a little bit later right. and mostly handles the baby like after it's born. Right. And so, do you feel all women? Yes. Yep. And do you feel like a connection with them? Are you like this a nice supportive circle you have going or? Um, like it's like any sort of like professional relationship. I think you connect okay. with some people better than others. Sure, um, sure, sure. Yeah, there's there's definitely one of them that I'm like, yeah, you're awesome. Yeah. And then, but everybody's like super pro. Like my main woman was an OB in China before she came to Canada to wow. become a midwife. And wow. so she has like t- just all of the experience with babies. You yeah. know, like she knows her stuff. So like super confident. I feel very confident in her care. Yeah, yeah. So where where will you go for the birth? What what will happen? So where will the midwives be? <laughs> what will happen? Okay, so the midwife. So at the beginning of the birth, it sounds like um, they will come to my house. Okay, and and be like, yeah, you're in labor, or like, nah, like not yet. You gotta yeah. wait. Yeah. Um, or like you're at the very beginning, but like you're not anywhere close to going to the hospital. Sure. Um. My plan, like, through this whole pregnancy has basically been, like, the midwives have uh, hospital privileges with Mount Sinai. Okay. So they have access to the birthing rooms, the birthing suites, that kind of thing. Um, and I've I've always been interested in that mm-hmm. um, because Mount Sinai offers pain relief. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. like, if I if I just turn out to be not a wimp, I don't think no, uh, my, no. my my like it's painful. Yeah, I'm it's, sure it's <laughs> fucking painful. I have heard that this is not a process that doesn't suck. Like, <laughs> um, so yeah. So how am I trying to say this? I'm gonna. Try you want to that do, available? Yeah. If you happen to need yeah. it. Yeah. My for first sure, choice is to do sure. it like naturally to like you know do it without an epidural. But I also know myself and like. If, if you need it, you want it exactly. to be there. I want that option. And you know what? For me, I feel like I, if I didn't have it there, yeah. I would have, like, to know that I'm not going to have it there, I would have major anxiety yeah. about what if I need it and it's not yeah, there. Exactly. What do I do? I would have anxiety yeah. about it not being available to me. Yeah, exactly. So, like, just thinking about it beforehand. Yeah. Um, and so what they offer at the birth center is um, TENS, which seems to be, like, Voodoo. What is it? It's like, oh, it's, t- I don't know what the acronym stands for, but it's TENS and it's like, they put like <laughs> electrodes on your skin okay. and they're like, they run like electric currents between the electrodes and they're like, I read the Wikipedia page on this because I was like, is this like legit? This is happening during the birth. Yeah. What you're describing. Yeah. Yeah. And so they were like, so like nobody really knows how it works. <laughs> What we think is um, it either disrupts the, the like, nerve that is having the pain, mm-hmm. so you no longer have the pain, or um, it creates a pain response that your body then creates endorphins to counteract. And I was like... So either whole... you're in no pain or in great pain. Yeah, well, I was like, but the whole process of labor creates pain. Yeah. So you would imagine that you don't need to, like, stick an electrode on your back in order to like, do, do you know what I mean? Like, it just yeah. seems odd. Yeah. So okay. <laughs> so the that, other the so other option happens. there is nitrous oxide, which seems like way more legitimate. Isn't that like laughing gas? Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> so if I before I go to an epidural, I might take a pit stop into like into, laughing gas um, into this to tank see how that of works. Um, but yeah, no. So so do they? help you give birth or does a doctor come in at that point no so they they would be doing the like actual delivery a doctor would only come in if something kind of if there is a complication exactly you know so um or if i decide that i do want an epidural an anesthesiologist would get involved right so that that would so this birthing room i'm just Mm -hmm. trying to picture it is it like a hospital room or is it different it's different it's um it's got a tub it's got a shower um it's got this weird little three-legged stool that looks like a horseshoe that's like a foot off the ground and that's the birthing stool yeah you you can squat on that squat on it um yoga balls okay so very different yeah like different than um 
But they they were saying that like most midwife or like the I think the majority of midwife clients choose not to get an epidural where mm-hmm. the majority of hospital births do. do. Yeah. You know, so um if I chose to give birth at home or at the birthing center, an epidural is just like straight off the table. If I chose to give birth at Mount Sinai, it's an option. Mm-hmm. But being under a midwife's care, they're really going to push for like, you know, we think you can do this without it. Right. You know, they're not going to like stand in my way if I want oh, one. Yeah, but sure. like they're they're like pretty on board with like not having With their that. process, which is not yeah. usually included. Exactly. In you know, so that, yeah. I mean, so I'm like. So you have to make a choice still? Is that what's. Well, so between one or the other. Or? So yeah. So I mean, the whole the whole time I've been like, I want Mount Sinai because I want the pain relief. Yeah. I want Mount Sinai also because I'm doing January in Canada, which means that if there's anything that goes wrong, I don't want to be taking some like you know cross town ambulance trip in the snow. Like I would just like to be on site. Yes. Um, but we we're doing our prenatal classes at the birth center, and okay. I'm like, it's so pretty. It's so nice here. in here, and all these women are just like these like. Beautiful hippies. Yeah, <laughs> like, totally. oh. So I don't know if my like interest in beautiful hippies is gonna like sway me outweigh yeah. your your interest in pain management. <laughs> so I have a feeling the pain management is gonna win. It's gonna win out. Yeah, yeah I bet. Yeah. So I think also like we're gonna get to do tours of both places and and great. Yeah. So you and your husband. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that so you can have a decision. Yeah, we can have a discussion. You've got time still. Yeah, right. Hopefully, you've got time. Yeah, yeah. So (laughs) if um, your fear doesn't come, yeah, my fear, my my third trimester anxiety doesn't come (laughs) come true. I mean, the the second, the first two didn't. So yeah, yeah, you're two for two. Yeah, I'm two for two. You're doing all right. You're doing all right. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, it's been it's been like a really interesting experience. Experience, I bet. Yeah. So, have you thought about uh, what's going to happen after the birth? Can you even think that far? Uh, with specifically, I guess I'm wondering about uh, your body after, like healing process, mm. physical healing healing process, maybe body image healing process yeah. that happens post birth. Yeah, I mean, like yes and no. I can kind of picture the first few weeks you know because everybody is just, just like, like hit by a truck feeling. well yeah and all everything i've read is like take it slow oh, like yeah. don't don't feel obligated to like have a clean house or like you know when the baby poops like give it to someone else to change yeah. your only job as the mom is to like to feed it get healthy and feed you know yeah, yeah. um but granted, a lot of that is coming from, like, again, beautiful hippie blogs. So, <laughs> How much, uh, do you have, like, paid leave? Do you have... <laughs> no. no, I'm taking I'm taking a month off unpaid um, okay. from, like, various from clients. From writing, and various... Writing, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I'm going to phase back in kind of halftime yep. over the the month after that, and then I'm going to go back in full-time. So I'm going to get, Great. like, a full four weeks and then a half four weeks. Anyway. Yeah, um, about a month and a half, kind of. Yeah, and but Mike ish. is actually going to take parental leave. Yeah, so he's he going to be great. at home for four months. For four months. Yeah, that's which great. is awesome. That is great, great, Yeah, great. so that's going to get us kind of like through that like fourth trimester hump when mm-hmm. the baby is like learning how to eat and sleep and like... All the adjustments. All the things. Type stuff. Getting um, into a schedule. And exactly. And figuring then, it all out. Yeah, and then hopefully by the time he goes back to work, we'll kind of have a little... Have bit, it hammered down. Yeah, you know, and it'll be kind of like... I think I will likely try to work around the baby's schedule in terms of, like, sleeping Mm -hmm. and working. So, like, when the baby's napping, I might do a couple hours in the morning. And, you know, when Mike comes home, I'll do some more at night if if we need to, like, interact with the kid, that kind of thing. But, yeah, yeah, no, it's it's not going to be, like... I don't get, like, some, like, 11 and a half month maternity leave because that just wasn't on the table. But, yeah. Do you have any idea if it's a boy or a girl? We do. You do? Yeah. But we're not telling anyone. We're not telling anyone. (laughs) We're we're like those people. We're like, oh, yeah. When did you find out? Um, they do a 20-week ultrasound. To just and you've known of, since then? Yeah, we've known since And September. you haven't told anyone? Did you tell your mom? No, my mom is pissed about <laughs> it. <laughs> so, and, like, I, I totally understand why. She's yeah. like, well, like, why can't you tell me? Because yeah. you're going to tell everyone, Mom. Yeah. Well, <laughs> no. I mean, I think, I think she would be fine. But it's one of those things where it's like, we, like... Mike and I have both done a, a, like, I think probably more than the average person's amount of thinking around, like, 
gender presentation, gender sort of orientation, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And both of us were kind of like, let's just let the baby be a baby for a while. So, yeah. So, like, if we had a boy, we're not going to, like, dress them up in, like, the little... Everything's not going to be blue. ...thing, and, like, in the baseball glove, and, like, the girls with the, like... Weird, the weird headbands. Headbands. Why is that a thing? <laughs> I don't know. Like, if you search for that shit on Etsy, it is oh, like tons. disgusting. Yeah, it is like just like someone's bridesmaid. Somebody like, told me like, they they were in a baby headband group. What? Where they they got together, a group of moms got together and made baby headbands like once a month. And all me baby headbands. How many baby headbands do you need? I don't know. Oh my god, that's so weird. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Where do they meet? I don't know. <laughs> I want to go and like look in the window and be like, and just see what is this? Does this yeah. exist? I yeah. mean, so one of my friends also has done like way more thinking about this, and I was mm-hmm. like, we're not telling anyone. Mm-hmm. But she made a really interesting point, which is basically like people connect to babies through gender. You know, is it a little boy? Is it a little girl? Oh, she's so right. beautiful. Oh, she's so handsome. Whatever. And it's a way of kind of. Um, connecting as a parent with other parents you know what i mean like how did you handle this or or whatever um it's a very different experience with a a, little boy or a little girl right i mean and and in terms of like newborns and infants and like kids under say like one or maybe even three yeah i'm sure what are the differences probably few and far between i don't i don't i don't see it in my experience but maybe parents maybe you will and maybe who knows you know so i i'm flying blind on this but my impression is that you don't parent a six-day-old boy any differently than you would a six-day-old girl yeah you know yeah makes perfect Um, sense so yeah and so we were just trying to stay away from a lot of the gifts that we knew sure. were going to... These stereotyped boy yeah. gifts and girl And girl gifts girl and gifts. that kind of thing. Yeah. And to be, like, honest, like, people have been really good about it. Like, mm-hmm. even my Some mom... gender-neutral gifts. Yeah. No, even my mom <laughs> who was like, why can't you tell me if I'm having a grandson or a granddaughter? Yeah. Oh, you'll find it Yeah. She was like, well, then I don't want to know. And I was like, even when the baby comes? And she was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, that's, that's your choice. <laughs> <laughs> Just never tell me anything ever Ooh. again. Fine. <laughs> okay. Well, on, yeah. on that note, Caitlin, <laughs> we better be wrapping it okay, up. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, so we're talking a lot about your writing and, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, so many different things you're doing. So I'd love for you to tell our listeners where sure. they can reach you. Absolutely. Yeah, go yeah. right ahead. Um, so if you are interested in submitting a question to Sexist, mm-hmm. you can send that to editors at torontoist.com. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to follow me on Twitter, I am at terror of the 416. And uh, I do have a website. Um, it's caitlincohaney.com. And so Caitlin is K-A-I-T-L-Y-N. Mm-hmm. Kohaney is K-O-C-H-A-N-Y. Mm-hmm. And dot com is dot C-O-M. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much again no for coming in, Caitlin. This yeah. has been fantastic. Once again, I'm Erin Pym. I've been here with Caitlin Kohani. Uh, to find out more about the Bedpost Stage Show, you can go to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash bedposterotica. My personal blog with over 100 erotic short stories is at erinserotica.com. And lastly, the Bedpost podcast features original music by Steph Copeland. And you can find her at her website, stephcopelandmusic.com. 